It's good, it's good to get the cell phones off the table, right? I thought you were going to say something. I was not going to say something. You made a face. I, I make faces. I do that a lot. That's good but, for a podcast. <laughs> but we had to remove our cell phones from the table so that the vibration of our silenced phones does not come through the microphone and have Screw our entire podcast up. sound like... Was that what it would sound like? That's what it would sound like. Okay. That was an exact representation. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Greetings. Welcome to the home of professional podcasting. Rich forgot to wear his shirt. He hates it. uh, It's it's in the wash because I've already worn it. Twice, Susan. Twice, indeed. Yes. Not in a row. (laughs) Well, actually, twice in a row. It was Thanksgiving weekend, after all. That's a good excuse. And just... now the shirt no longer fits me because of Thanksgiving week. I was so. going to, when you told me you were te- you were going to wear it on Thanksgiving, I uh, was going to text you back with a snarky joke that I hope it still fit <laughs> afterward. But I tried yeah. to be nice, but now since you said it, I yeah, can. Yeah, no, it's not going to, it's not going to work. I'm going to, I've decided I'm giving up sugar and food over the holidays. Sugar and food? Yeah, Isn't sugar a part of food? Yeah, I, I started out as sugar and then I'm like, I can't eat for the rest of the year. So. I get that. And it means Good as much as every other time I've said it, so okay. there we go. I'm not giving up either of those things. That's Mary, why, Mary really, Christmas. I mean, the the hope that we have is only as good as the source of that hope, and the promises of people are only as good as the character of those people. And are, you clearly, talk, are you talking negatively about your own character? Clearly, my character, when it comes to swearing off of gluttony, is not, not a character that can be relied upon. I get that. Uh, that was your segue into what we're talking How'd about. How'd that work out, huh? I mean, it, it wasn't one of your best. Sometimes, <laughs> well, it must have been because you picked up on it. Sometimes well, you don't even realize you that said the word I've hope. already done it. So. That's true. Those are the best kinds, though. Yeah. Sneaky, sneaky. Sneaky. We are in the Advent season. Yay. It's It's the best time of the year. It's the most wonderful. That's what they say. Um I'm forgetting who sings. I'm forgetting who sings that, and it's really bothering me. Well, Andy Williams. Andy Williams thinks so, and and others, Um, but Andy Williams was the origin. So yeah, we are. Michael W. Smith does a nice job of of channeling Andy Williams. If I can, I'm sure Michael Michael Bublé does too. Um, Michael Bublé is Mr. Christmas. Pretty magical, but Mr. Christmas. Uh, Yeah, we are officially in the Advent season for the next four weeks because that's how long it lasts. and this year... She's not wrong, folks. I am very intelligent. This year, we are kind of focusing on what people uh, usually assume to be the main themes of Advent. Uh, and I'm going to forget them all. Hope, peace, love, and joy. Mm-hmm. Correct? And a partridge and a pear tree. Yeah. Um, Correct. Yeah. <laughs> That's Christmas dinner. Ah. So, yeah. but, uh, but you're not eating for the rest of the year. <laughs> so. I, I promise I'm not eating partridge for the rest of the year. Um, <laughs> I'm not the, not part- the family either. Cutting partridge out of my diet. Um, I'm lost now. But we are uh, kind of taking a twist on that. Uh, and our, our overall theme of the season is called Killing Christmas, which mm. on the surface might not sound that pleasant. Um, people don't really want to think about killing around this season. Yeah. Except for it's an uncomfortable if, title. If they're killing partridges, I don't know. Mm. Um, but, <laughs> but we are uh, kind of taking an approach as... Uh, 
those those categories, those weeks that lead up to Christmas, what they really mean to to people and what they really should mean and how we may have, have strayed away um, from the tr true meaning of all those things. So this week we started with hope, and I don't think we had an official title other than hope. Killing Christmas Hope. is a, That's going to be the theme for the titles. Semicolon Hope. So next week will be Killing Christmas Peace. So Killing that, Christmas Peace. And, it's, yeah, that's, and part of the thought of it is that the well, Stacy wrote a song that we uh, that I really like, and and I'm encouraging her to find a way to record. Um, and we'll hopefully I'll be able to talk her into performing that on the podcast at some point during Maybe the season. Maybe if you didn't tell me five minutes before we were going to podcast, I thought I'd try springing it on you and see if that just made you, my anxiety then you didn't go. Didn't have Whoop! time to think about how how much you didn't. Oh, I had it. time. <laughs> Thirty seconds is plenty of time. <laughs> So anyhow, let me think about it. Okay, but, I thought about but it. But the song, uh, I really like the uh, key line in the chorus that um, that maybe the things we choose to adore are really killing Christmas, and and that's kind of the idea here is uh, in this sermon series and in our conversations here, I want to kill the ideas that we've elevated above the things that should be elevated. And so when, when we look at the real hope of Christmas, the real uh, peace, joy, love of Christmas, um, all of these things uh, are, are concepts that we talk about a lot at Christmas time. You know, mm -hmm. there's every commercial, you know, you can have Walmart trying to sell motor oil, I don't know, whatever. And they, they come up with all kinds of Christmas cheer types of things. Right. And peace, love, joy, well, hope. Well, even all the, you can't find a Christmas song without one of those words in it. Right, yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Old Navy because of Christmas hope somehow, you know. And see RuPaul. And so I want to I kill those ideas. I want to I kill everything that we think belongs there because it, it is a disruption of the truth. And we, we, wanna, we want to be disruptors of falsehood. Mm-hmm rather than allowing the falsehood to disrupt our grasp of the truth. And so uh, in Killing Christmas Hope this week, we, we really focused in on, on the core reality that the, the real hope of Christmas is the promise of God. Mm -hmm. And so whatever else we're looking at, you know, the baby in the manger and all that, we, we, we kind of make all this nostalgia out of it. And I'm big on nostalgia. I love Christmas tradition. The reason Christmas is my favorite holiday season is because it is a season, this mm -hmm. Advent season. Yeah, Christmas has, Day is really just a small part of it. Right, you know? and, and it's and it's so far from what Christmas began yeah. as. And it's so far from even what... It's funny, the, the things that we consider Christmas traditions generally barely qualify as traditions right. because they're all pretty new, pretty recent mm -hmm. developments. Christmas as a national holiday right. in the U.S. didn't even happen until 1870. Mm -hmm. It was after the Civil War before Christmas was a national holiday, That's which crazy. is kind of weird to think about. And so when we... If you, you hear know, screaming, that's my toddler in the next room. <laughs> as we He's are, fine. As we are looking at, it's not that kind of scream. <laughs> Screams of joy. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're killing, killing Christmas toddlers is not, that's a different that's show. not what we're doing here. It's going to be on that TBS like a lifetime next week. Movie, right, so. killing Christmas toddlers. But anyhow, uh, as we're doing this, the we do that same thing. And, and uh, in your song, you, you kind of talk about all these great things, things that we love, you know, mm -hmm. the Christmas carols and Hallmark. And, and Hallmark movies and all these things. And we far too often identify with those 
temporal things, with those things of the world, as where we get our hope. And, and we look at hope very much the way we look at peace, as a, as a good feeling. We, mm-hmm. want, we want to have these feelings of hopefulness that, you know, the fact that there's a baby born in, in a manger is an inspiring story. And mm-hmm. so this inspiring story uh, makes us feel good. And we have this, uh, you might call it a Reader's Digest hope, you know, mm-hmm. that, that it, it feels good, it, it fits into a, this little window, but it really doesn't last and it can't last right. any more than, you know, if you get energy from drinking a cup of coffee, that, that caffeine's going to wear off. That's not, the, that's not a real kind of energy. It's true. Which does not in any way condemn coffee, but the... the this is a pro-coffee podcast. It's a pro-coffee podcast, for sure. Uh, but when we're talking about false hope, uh, I, I do want to condemn that. I do want to, right. I want to see that go away. I want us to stop, especially Christ followers. You know, if we claim Christ, then we have to get past all of this, this worldly way of thinking. And I think that's what's killing the church mm-hmm. right now in so many ways is that we're we're professing believers but we're practical atheists mm-hmm. we we live just like the world and we find hope in in things that are moralistic perhaps uh, we like hallmark movies because they're wholesome they always have a happy ending all that kind of stuff and, and, and that's good and it fits but but that's not reality that's not life nobody is claiming that hallmark movies are gritty reality right right uh they they wouldn't not even hallmark no they wouldn't sell that (laughs) way it has they have a formula and they stick with that right even if they're working the lgbtq formula into it right now they're still following that same format right in fact i heard a a comment from uh one of the actors through an article that was written about uh their movie that then they were a little nervous about it but the great thing in in these characters coming out of the closet is that you know it's going to end happy. You know it's going to yeah. end good. And as much as I'm troubled by a lot of the things that go along with that, the there is something in us that longs for mm-hmm. it to end well. We, we, we want to know that whatever we're going through in this movie, whatever conflict, when the two characters, we really want to see them get together in, mm-hmm. in this this rom-com fantasy that we have. We, we want to see them you know, come together. Why can't they just get out of one another's way or get out of their own way and do this? And we can endure all of that mm-hmm. for an hour and a half or two hours because we know in that last, you know, the right. last That we're going to get what we want. There, there's going to be a payoff. Right. It's going it's to gonna end It's going to last about well. 10 seconds, but it's going <laughs> to... Uh, one of my favorite uh, five-minute or 10-minute historical podcasts I like to listen to, the, the Christian History Almanac from five, uh, 1517.org, if you ever want to check it out. Um, that one of their um, one of their things that they do in their tagline is they, they always remind you at the end of the podcast that the rumors of grace and uh, the redemption of all things are true. Everything is going to be okay. And it's not going to be okay from a worldly perspective. It, we can only hold to the reality that it's going to be okay in Christ. In Christ, it will be. But everything outside of Christ will be destroyed. And so when we look to Christmas for our hope, we will be disappointed. But when we look to Christ for our hope, then we have an eternal solid foundation that can't go away. So if everything goes wrong, Christ remains. And and that's the hope that Christmas offers, that Advent offers, is that by God sending his Son... 
He is fulfilling his promise. He's keeping his word, demonstrating that he is a promise keeper. That when God says, I will do this, I will act, I will redeem my people, I will keep my covenant. That's not like me saying I'm not going to eat for the rest of the year, right? right? It's not like me saying, you know, I got to lay off the sugar during the holidays while I pop another, you know, Lindor truffle in my mouth, um, which happened. That's, that's an actual reality. <laughs> True story. <laughs> So Real life, God is go. not like that. Mm-hmm. And so the hope that we have, the real hope of Christmas, is not in Christmas itself. It's not in family celebrations and all those kinds of things. It's the hope that we, we have a promise keeper in God. And what he says, he does always. And what he does is good always, even if it doesn't seem like, if it doesn't feel like it, if it feels like God's never going to keep his promise, he's never going to answer my prayers, he's never going to show up. That's why Peter says, you know, when you feel that way, understand God's not slow in keeping his promises, as, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient and he wants to bring everyone in that will be brought in. He wants everyone to come to repentance. And so as God is keeping his promises, what what we might miss out on sometimes when we think you know and, and this was what is one of the things that that Israel missed out on is when God says in this day when I bring justice I'm going to establish my kingdom and and establish the, the house of Israel forever and so on when he says these things what that means is that that's when the curtain falls it we're done now there there's no repentance there's no mercy there's no extra the mercy is now but when judgment comes all that is outside is destroyed. You're either in him or you're not. And there's, there's no second chances anymore. So when we long for that day, and there's a sense in which we should all long for that day. There's another sense in which we should all long for God to tarry so that mm-hmm. more can come, so that the full number of the elect will be brought in. But that hope comes, whether, whether it's the hope of his coming or the hope of his tarrying, it comes because God keeps his promises. And when we see his character, that's what, that's what carries us through. So in, in Israel, uh, the ancient hope that they had was that the prophets had foretold the coming of Christ, of Messiah. Messiah is the Hebrew and Christ is the Greek. But, but that foretelling of his coming meant that God is going to do something beyond what I see right now. And here's what he said he's going to do. And so they would look at those promises. But like we are want to do even today, they looked at the parts they wanted to hear. Right. Right. So they, they you know, when mommy says, if you don't, you know, if you don't do this, you don't get ice cream. All I heard was ice cream. You know, I, I want the ice cream. And so I'm going to lock in on that. And, and that's what Israel did. That's what the Jews were doing when Jesus came. So then when the Messiah actually came to his own, to those who had the most reason to recognize him, they didn't because their expectations were for something else. They were putting their hope not in God himself in his promises as they are, but in his promises as they heard them, not as he said them. So they would look at Isaiah 9, for example, of this victorious conquering warrior king uh, who would be the prince of peace, who would, who would set all things right. 
and they would see all these promises of, of Israel's prominence and prosperity and, and the shalom that would come, which we'll talk about next time. And, and they'd lock in on that because why wouldn't you? This is, you know, we are experiencing everything but. There is no peace. There is no shalom here. There's no harmony. Everything is falling apart. There's wickedness. There's injustice. There's war. We are being oppressed. Uh, we are, in, in, during the time of of uh, the exile we're even starving there are people left behind there uh, in jerusalem who are just they're they're begging for scraps you know mm -hmm. it's just a bad situation all the way around <clears throat> well of course we want to cling to hope for that but it was much less appealing when i'm longing for for that kind of hope of victory to look at a passage for example like isaiah 53 which speaks of the Messiah suffering, mm -hmm. of the Messiah actually dying, of him taking on our sin and recognizing in this that our sin is on him. But that doesn't ring true to the one who says God is a conquering hero. Mm -hmm. and, and that's where it falls short in the prosperity gospel and this, this idea, and I use the term gospel loosely when I say it, because there's no good news in the prosperity gospel. It can't deliver it makes promises the good it news can't. is right now there's you know yeah, living your best it, life now it, if that's whatever. your goal then right. you got some issues and that's it's never going to deliver on on its promises because the promises that god makes don't match with that mm -hmm. and so israel fell into sort of that idea that that prosperity gospel mentality that God will demonstrate his blessing to his people. He, he will, even though he's clearly abandoned us and turned his face against us, he will keep his word. We trust that God will keep his word. Only what we're trusting is that God's going to keep his word on our terms. Right. Right. That's the opposite of everything that we're told in Scripture, which hinges on the principle behind Isaiah, uh, Pro, uh, yeah, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that we're to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And not lean on our own understanding. And that, this is the foundation for the book of Proverbs. All the wisdom comes that way. The beginning of the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All of this principle of understanding that God is God and I am not, is that's the, the, the foundation on which every other part of the scripture rests. So for us to go into Christmas with some fuzzy notion of hope, that things are just going to be okay. I think we talked about that last week with the, the idea that, you know, somebody gets hurt and you promise, I won't mention mm -hmm. the Arrowverse, you know. But, Too late. <laughs> but, you know, you make this promise, you're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. It's, you don't know that it's going to be fine. You don't, you're making promises you have no control over, and you're probably wrong. Somebody has a sucking chest wound, <laughs> you're probably not going to be okay. Um, it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> you know, I, I thought of that as I was listening to last week's podcast in my car. That's what came into my mind. Uh, not recommending Monty Python, but anyhow, that's, the, a, that's a famous quote. It's a great one. <laughs> great, great quote. But anyway, as as we're working through this, that kind of hope is bound to disappoint, right? Because you're hoping in hope. And I think around this season. We tend to do that more mm. because everything surrounding us says, yeah, you should have those right. fuzzy, warm feelings. Which could be a huge part of why depression and, and right. other issues along that line increase during this season. Because, because everything's a huge that. letdown. Yeah, and, and it has to be. <laughs> right. So if we can get our expectations right and place our hope where it belongs, right. in the promise of God, based on his word and his character, then 
we can find a hope that goes beyond, a hope that that is that gives us a peace that transcends understanding, as we talked about last week with, with Jeff's message from Philippians. When we rejoice in the Lord always, when rather than being anxious and, and worked up about things, we trust God to be God and we hand it over with prayers and petitions, with thanksgiving, then we're able to by doing that, by letting go, I, I am no longer taking responsibility for things I cannot control. I'm putting it in God's hands and I'm trusting his nature and character. Then I'm able to receive from God the peace that goes beyond my ability to understand the peace. And again, we'll, we'll look at that concept uh, as we go forward. But, but for today, this idea of hope placed in the idea of hope is going to fail every time. Mm-hmm. But when we recognize that God instead has, he has said things and his character dictates that he will always keep those promises. We saw the picture of that in, in Simeon and Anna. Um, it was kind of maybe a strange choice to, to look to the passage following the, the Christmas story, the, the incarnation story. Um, as they present Jesus at the temple, and you've got this this old man and old woman who who have been waiting for God to keep his promise. They're described, Simeon specifically, described as waiting for the consolation of Israel. Mm-hmm. And he had received from the Holy Spirit a promise that God would not allow him to leave the planet until he had seen the Messiah. And he sees the baby. And he knows God's promise. And he's he's just found himself living through the lens of that. Here's what God said. This is going to carry me through whatever else I'm going through. Whatever that happens to be, I'm going to cling to God's word. And as he does that, he encounters Christ and he sees God fulfilling that that promise. And it changes everything. And he responds, Lord, you can, you can take me now. I can die happy because you've kept your promise to me. And Anna has a similar experience. And and the, the recognition that he has of this child as Messiah is rooted in study of God's word and revelation of the Holy Spirit because he actually connects this child with Messiah. He's, he's the light of the Gentiles. Uh, he is the, 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 the promise, the salvation of the nation that God had promised. And yet he also recognizes the suffering that will come and, and prophesies that to Mary, that a soul will pierce or a sword will pierce your own soul too. There is a hardness, there is a, an opposition that he will face. That's not what the expectation of Messiah was, but that's what God promised. Mm-hmm. And so his hope in the reality of God, and that's ultimately that's what we want to focus on, whether it's here in the podcast or in the church. We want to bring the reality of God to bear on the realities of life. We want to be, be able to make that connection. And when we see that, we understand Christ for who he really is, not who we want him to be, not who we expect him to be, not who we saw in a TV special that he was. Or or, what or we, even this image of a baby in a manger, right. you know, because that's nice to think about. It's an inspirational story. Right. But, but if it ends there, right. then we're still dead in our sins. Mm-hmm. The fact that this baby in a manger is God saying, I'm not done. I'm not giving up. And, and even that is a silly thing to say because right. God is over and above all these things. So for God to send Messiah in the form of this baby, he's keeping his word. He's demonstrating for us that his plan is still in place. It has always been in place. It will never not be in place. And 
then recognizing that this baby doesn't stay a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, we see these depictions of the Christ child and, and uh, myths and legends that come up around the Christ child. And in Europe and in a number of countries, um, they, they'll have the, the, the Christ child come and deliver gifts to, to the homes as if, you know, Jesus is Santa Claus kind of thing. Well, all of these things miss out on the basic elements of the gospel that Jesus came so that he could live as one of us among us yet without sin specifically for the purpose intended conscious purpose of taking our place and dying in our place as a substitutionary atonement to make us right with God to pay for our sins to to fulfill the law as the perfect sacrifice in the Passover lamb so that by faith we can receive him we can trust in his sacrifice and as we do then we receive life and we become children of God. And he seals that deal. He he demonstrates, if you will, that the check cleared just the way it's described in Isaiah 53, that even though he dies, he suffers, takes our sin, dies, and redeems us, Mm -hmm. yet he sees the light of life and sees us as his offspring. So the resurrection is part of that whole prophecy. It's part of the deal. And that reminds us that when God says, I'm still going to do all these things that you saw in Isaiah. I'm not done yet. This fulfillment of the prophecies that we see in Christ is a reminder that God will fulfill the prophecies that are yet unfulfilled. Those things that are coming in the final day, the final judgment. So we can trust what he will do based on what he has done. And that's where we're able to, to rest in our hope. And so, you know, when we look at, at hope that way, that it's not just this feeling that right. things are going to get better. I think oftentimes people think of hope as like some kind of wishing well, or, you know. Right, like, yeah. And Yeah, let me toss my penny in here. Right, and, and I hope, I hope, I hope, you know, right. I'm, I'm shooting, I'm shooting star or whatever. Exactly. Um, and <clears throat> And I think it's important to get that hope, having hope in something shouldn't feel your your hope in in christ i feel it shouldn't be like a chance thing yeah. you know it's not something that i hope that happens but it might not it's a security yeah it's it's a well like you kind of, you said earlier i feel like each of these pieces of the advent season tie together because when you have that hope you can find peace when right. you have that peace you can be joyful blah 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 you know right. it and all, it all, it all together. connects together so i think understanding the definition of of hope and maybe I don't understand the definition. Maybe there's multiple definitions, but in this scenario, it's not. It's not. Oh, I I, I wish that would happen. Right. You know, but there's a chance it yeah, won't. Yeah, it's not not wishful it's, thinking. Right. It's not just, and it's not if I if I'm positive about it, you know, right. it'll be it'll come to fruition or whatever. The Norman Vincent Peale right. kind of thing. Right. It's it's a it's a promise. Yeah. And there's a real popular thing a, a couple of years ago. We saw it. Come around it, again, uh, the secret that you know mm-hmm. that, that if, you know if you focus on what you really want, you know it'll come about. All these different elements of that, none of which is true or valid. Now right. there is a certain reality to it. If I focus on something, then I the things that I do are going to lead to that right. naturally. You know if right. if I'm uh, you know since I mentioned not eating sugar during the holidays, which is clearly a joke that's never going to happen in my life but um, when we 
if we're talking about weight loss, for example, if the more I focus on my goal, mm-hmm. the more likely I am to do the things that will lead to the fulfillment of that right, goal. Right. It's not really that much of a secret, right? So that will happen. It's not that the universe then will come into line with my positive thinking. That right. that's or wait until the planet. That's are beyond a silliness. Right. That that is a, a, a pagan level of thinking that um, that denies God, and we can we can pretend it doesn't, but it denies the personhood of God, that he is the prime mover, that he is the the sovereign. And we are so, well, I'm going to get into a whole other podcast here, but the, the, we're so caught up in the idol of our own free will that mm-hmm. we are the free agents to be able to do anything that we want. And if anything you believe, you can achieve and all that kind of stuff. And I've spent a lot of my life living that as a as an athlete, as a coach. You get caught up in those kinds of mantras, if you will. And, and if you have a goal in mind, you're going to start seeing things through the lens of that goal. Let's not be silly. Positive thinking is better than negative right, thinking. Right. Right. And and what you know, Henry Ford said often gets misquoted. He's you know he said if you whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're probably right. Mm-hmm. And, and we leave the probably out a lot of times. Because if I believe I can't, I'm not going to do it, right? So right. that doesn't mean I literally can't. Right. But if I don't believe that I can, then I'm not going to take those steps. If I believe that I can, then I'm much more likely to I read do something. Little engine that could, George, last night. There you know, you it's go. the same concept, right? And there's so there's yes, to think positively is more it, more it, better. It's more, <laughs> it's more it's more better. It is more useful. Right. It is more. Um, what do I want to say? Uplifting than to constantly be a downer. More motivational. Absolutely, without any question. But it does not do anything to shape reality. Right. It shapes your experience, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't shape reality. We've talked about that before. There is one reality. (laughs) Right. And so this this one reality of of God needs to be something that we embrace. Mm -hmm. And the the better we align our thoughts with reality, with God's truth, then we'll be able to interact with ultimate reality in a way that is um, cohesive, harmonious, and offers a real and lasting hope. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that we talked on Sunday about uh, something that, you know, I don't know, some of our podcast listeners may not be familiar with. You are probably just barely old enough to remember the, the Sears Wish book. I don't oh, know, yeah. Which, I was more of a JCPenney catalog. Kind <clears throat> yep, of I had both, but but the name Wish book belonged to Sears. So I, I got a one. Charlie McCarthy doll one year from the JCPenney. I J. did Penny. too. Can you believe it's that? Still, it's still in my room at my mom's house. A generation ahead of you. And oh, I, I wanted it I, so I bad. I had a Charlie McCarthy doll from it. that same thing. I loved it. Got it for Christmas. Yep. Yep. It was, it was pretty... Nerdy, but that, that's what I, I was all about. That I don't. Is it my mom creeping might, people out. My, in your my, mom? <laughs> my mom might have. It. But yeah, anyway, so for something from the fifties that, that we both had. How strange something is from that? From the nineties. But but that was you know we look right. at hope that way. That right. I, I hope I'm going to get these Christmas gifts. Right. You know, that's not the biblical hope. Right. Biblical hope is a sure and certain expectation right. of that 
which is going to come. It, it's there. Right. And it's according to the, the promise of God. So when we look at faith in Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. So it, I'm not experiencing it now. I'm not seeing it mm-hmm. now. But I am the, the faith and hope concepts are so closely tied that they're almost indistinguishable. I am resting in this thing right. that I am certain will take place Uh, as if so certain it's as if it had already happened and that's the kind of hope that that we have in christ that goes beyond the season of hope the season of of christmas of advent uh and and inspiring stories and songs and all that kind of stuff all of which is great in its place but it can't be ultimate and so we have to find uh we have to find our hope by choosing to align our thoughts with truth so that we recognize that real hope is not in Christmas itself, but in the Christ of Christmas, in the God who makes and keeps promises. And in doing so, you know, we talked about this at the beginning, you're never going to be let down or disappointed in Absolutely. the result. <laughs> so it's a win-win. Paul says in Romans 5, 8, hope does not disappoint because right. we have this Holy Spirit giving giving this this fulfillment of this hope. It's not the same kind of hope. Everything else will fall short, your your expectations and your hope of things, especially that I feel like this season when expectations yeah. are so high. Everything will fall short, You know, I, speaking from experience. I, I, one time when I was, uh, I don't know, remember how old I was, upper elementary, middle school, maybe. So like 36, 37. Thank you. So somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, and my uncle was super excited about a gift that he gave me. This is actually a shameful moment in my life, but... Uh, he's super excited about this gift that, that he had for me. And he kept hyping it up throughout the season. I was super hopeful about it. I didn't really know what I expected, but I expected something Well, sure, when you're a kid and you, yeah. Right? And what it was was a Bears bulletin board. So mm-hmm. it had a big Chicago Bears logo on it. And, it, you know, and he was super excited about it. And I got it, I'm like, thank you. And I, so I, I, I acted polite, but it was mm-hmm. clear that, that I was not as excited as what right. he thought I should be. Of all the gifts I got that year, that gift is the one that I kept all the way through school. It was, I used all the time on, on my wall. It, it didn't meet my expectations at the time because my expectations were for something that was not not as useful, not as good, maybe flashier. Right. But, but, but my flawed expectations led to a disappointment because my hope was in the wrong thing, in the wrong place. If I had accepted the gift as it is, as a gift. Now, I'm a kid. I don't understand right. the same same thing. And I, and I didn't act ungrateful or anything like that. But in my heart, I was disappointed. It wasn't until later on, I was probably a senior by the time I realized, you know what, this was probably the best gift I got that year. Of all the gifts, this is the one that has stuck. Others might be broken or gone mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm. else. But, Outgrown. But this is one that I'm, I'm actually still using right. for all, all that time. Um, and that kind of is our our hope perspective is that when our when our expectations are based in our own expectations, rather than in what God has actually said and actually provided, we're going to be looking for something that isn't going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so we think we're disappointed with God. We're not really. Right. We're disappointed with our expectation right. of God, which doesn't line up with reality. So you keep chasing other things right. that are never going to fulfill you. Yeah. Uh, we'll stop there because 
That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Mm. I feel like I wanted to say that 45 times through this, through this podcast. There's a fairly good chance it'll come up again. I'm down with that. Uh, so we will stop there. Uh, if you... What was I going to say? If you are not in the area, uh, feel free to check out our live streams on Sunday mornings on Facebook or YouTube. If you are in the area in Three Oaks, um, we are doing in-person services. We're practicing social distancing when necessary and uh, wearing masks when necessary. So you can you know, feel safe. If you don't feel safe, watch the live stream. Um, if you have any questions about the podcast or comments, feel free to send us an email at somethingreal at reallifeonline.org. Leave us a comment on Facebook or YouTube or give, leave a voicemail at 269-756-RLCC. I want to list You're out good. side effects You're of the getting, <laughs> You're getting good. Uh, other than that, do you have anything? People keep calling me. Other than that, do you have anything else to That's what happens when we podcast in the afternoon instead of the morning. Right. This is your, your call getting time. Yeah. Apparently. Well, the more, yeah, all, all day is your call getting time. So. Yeah, so do you have anything else to add? Besides everything? Yeah, no, I just keep coming back because, you know, as we're doing this, we want to kill all of the things that are killing Christmas for us. Uh, I also want to say sorry. I want to add one more thing. Uh, be sure to follow, if you're not already, our Facebook page. Um, it's the Advent season, and every year we do uh, Advent devotionals, a uh, different one every day throughout the season. Written by members of the church. Right, but... and they're they're kind of, you know, sticking with this overall theme of, yeah. of killing Christmas as well this year. So, yeah, be sure to check that out. I'm trying to get them posted on the website, but I'm having a hard time. But I'll figure it out. So, uh, other than that, thanks for listening, and we will catch you guys next week.